Today's Wednesday, January 17th, 2024, and this is 5 at 8. With you today are Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we will talk about the successful cloning of a rhesus monkey, the optimism expressed by Thermo Fisher Scientific CEO about doing business in China, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella's views on the future of artificial intelligence, the fourth quarter earnings of the four largest banks in the U.S., and the world premiere of the play The Emigrants in Paris after a year-long dispute. Story number one. Chinese researchers have successfully cloned a rhesus monkey, as reported by the BBC. This breakthrough could potentially accelerate drug testing and medical research by creating genetically identical animals leading to more reliable trial results. Previous attempts to clone a rhesus monkey had failed, but the researchers have now achieved a healthy cloned monkey that has survived for over two years. However, animal welfare groups have expressed concerns about the suffering caused to animals in these experiments. The researchers aim to obtain more cloned monkeys while minimizing the number of embryos used. There's no denying the potential this cloning breakthrough has for speeding up drug testing and medical research. With rhesus monkeys being so genetically similar to us humans, imagine the level of certainty we're going to have in trials now. I mean, the phrase game-changer is thrown around a lot, but this might just be it. I see where you're coming from, Mark, and it is indeed quite a significant scientific breakthrough. But we must also bear in mind the ethical implications. The cloning process involves a lot of failed attempts, producing many embryos to get just one live birth. And the fact that previous attempts have led to offspring dying just a few hours later, it's heartbreaking to say the least. I hear you, Linda, I do. The ethical concerns are definitely there. I mean, nobody wants to see animals suffer unnecessarily. But just to play devil's advocate here, isn't there an argument to be made about the overall benefits? We're talking potential cures, treatments, advancements in medicine that could save countless human lives. Isn't that worth something? Definitely, Mark. The potential benefits to human health are substantial, and we cannot undermine that. But there's a fine line, isn't there? We must consider if we're crossing boundaries of ethical conduct. Are we playing God too much? And importantly, are we taking into account the welfare of these sentient beings who have no say in the matter? Well, Linda, you're definitely hitting the nail on the head there. It's a complex issue, no doubt about it. And I agree, there needs to be a balance. We can't just steamroll over ethical concerns in the name of progress. But at the same time, we can't ignore the potential benefits this research could bring about either. It's a delicate balance. This cloning breakthrough is monumental, but it's also a stark reminder of the ethical challenges we face as we push the boundaries of scientific advancement. It's crucial that we continue this dialogue and question, challenge, and scrutinize these developments, ensuring we move forward responsibly. Story number two. In a report from the Wall Street Journal, Thermo Fisher Scientific CEO, Mark Casper, expresses optimism about doing business in China. He recently led a delegation of U.S. CEOs to meet with China's Premier Li Chang, who discussed China's efforts to create a more friendly and predictable environment for foreign investment. Thermo Fisher Scientific has been in China for 40 years and currently has around 6,000 employees focused on R&D and manufacturing equipment. Did you catch that optimistic vibe from Thermo Fisher's CEO Mark Casper about doing business in China? It's interesting given the, uh, turbulent trade relations between the U.S. and China over the years. It's certainly a significant shift. Historically, U.S. businesses have faced numerous challenges in China, 
from regulatory hurdles to concerns over intellectual property rights. However, Premier Li Chiang's promise to create a more friendly, predictable environment for foreign investment could well be a game-changer. Yeah, it sounds like a positive step, but, you know, talk is cheap. Do you think China will actually follow through on these promises? Or is it, um, more of a... a sales pitch? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? It's hard to say for sure, but it's worth noting that China has been gradually liberalizing its economy and opening up to foreign investment. These recent dialogues could be seen as part of that larger trend. However, the detailed follow-up actions will really determine the impact of these promises. Right. So, the devil is in the, uh, details, as they say. I'm curious, though, how do you see this potentially impacting U.S.-China trade relations? And more broadly, the international business dynamics? Well, if China does indeed create a more favorable environment for foreign businesses, this could certainly help to ease trade tensions between the U.S. and China. It could also attract more U.S. companies to do business in China, which might shift the balance of power in international trade. However, these changes won't happen overnight. It's going to be a gradual process, and there are many variables at play. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a complex issue for sure. And it's not just about the U.S. and China, right? I mean, other countries are also trying to attract foreign investment. Countries around the world are constantly competing for foreign investment, as it brings with it economic growth and job creation. So, how China's efforts pan out could have implications far beyond just U.S.-China relations. It's a fascinating development to watch. Story number three. In a report from CNN... Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella expressed optimism about the future of artificial intelligence, AI, during the World Economic Forum in Switzerland. He discussed the direction of the AI industry and the need for safety precautions. Nadella emphasized the importance of considering the unintended consequences of new technology and addressing them proactively. He believes that the industry's license to operate depends on prioritizing safety, trust, and equity. Nadella also mentioned that the industry is making progress in raising safety standards. Microsoft also announced a $20 subscription plan for individuals using its Office 365 products. Should we really be surprised, Linda? Satya Nadella's optimism about the future of AI is quite expected. He's leading one of the biggest tech companies in the world. But what strikes me is his emphasis on considering the unintended consequences, along with the benefits of new technology. It seems the tech industry is finally realizing the importance of foresight. And it's a refreshing perspective. Historically, we've seen instances where the negatives were only addressed once the damage had been done. Think about the privacy issues we're still grappling with due to social media. It's like we're playing catch-up. So, Nadella's approach of thinking about potential consequences simultaneously is a promising shift. It's like they're finally waking up to the fact that they can't just create something and then, oops... Deal with the mess later. Nadella's mention of raising the standards on safety, trust, and equity is a much-needed call to action. And it's not just for the tech industry, it's a reminder for everyone. And on the topic of equity, it's noteworthy how Microsoft is making its Office 365 products more accessible with a $20 subscription plan. It's a small step, but could be indicative of a movement towards more inclusive access to technology. Right on! It's a move in the right direction, albeit a small one. Now the challenge is to ensure that these advances in AI and technology are accessible and beneficial to all, not just a privileged few. And, 
I reckon that's a conversation we'll be having a lot more in the coming years. Certainly, Mark. And as we continue that conversation, it's critical we hold these tech giants accountable for their promises. Optimism and dialogue about future responsibility is a start, but action and tangible results are what will truly make a difference. Story number four. According to the Wall Street Journal, the four largest banks in the U.S., J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and Citigroup, have reported their fourth quarter earnings. J.P. Morgan Chase had its most profitable year ever, making $50 billion in 2023. However, all the banks faced one-time charges that affected their quarterly profits, with nearly $9 billion set aside for a federal deposit insurance core. Fee Citigroup reported a loss of $1.8 billion in the fourth quarter and announced plans to cut 20,000 jobs. Investment banking fees increased for J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and Bank of America. Although bond and stock prices rallied in November and December, trading desks did not benefit greatly, with J.P. Morgan and Bank of America seeing modest gains, while Citigroup experienced a 25% decline in bond trading. Have you noticed these latest earnings reports from J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and Citigroup? Quite a mixed bag, isn't it? J.P. Morgan Chase, for instance, made a whopping $50 billion in 2023, marking its most profitable year ever. Talk about riding high on the hog. It's certainly been a profitable year for J.P. Morgan Chase. But let's not forget the other side of the coin. Look at Citigroup, for instance. They've reported a loss of $1.8 billion in the fourth quarter alone, and announced plans to cut 20,000 jobs. It's a stark contrast, showing us how divergent the performances of these banks have been. It's like night and day. And it's interesting, isn't it? How these one-time charges have dented their quarterly profits. Collectively, they've had to set aside almost $9 billion to pay a federal deposit insurance core. Fee related to the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Reminds me of the 2008 recession when we saw a spate of bank failures. Yes, that's a good point, Mark. These one-time charges can have significant impacts on a bank's financial health. And it's not just about the immediate loss. It could trigger a domino effect, leading to cost-cutting measures, job cuts, and a hit to investor sentiment. This, in turn, can ripple out to affect the broader economy. Right on the money, Linda. And speaking of money, let's not forget about the increase in investment banking fees. J.P. Morgan booked $1.65 billion in those fees in the quarter, which is up 13% from a year earlier. Fees also rose at Citigroup and Bank of America. So, despite the hit from the FDIC fees, there are areas where these banks are seeing growth. That's true, Mark. However, it seems that the rally in bond and stock prices towards the end of the year didn't quite translate into gains for the trading desks. J.P. Morgan's quarterly trading revenue rose just 2% from a year earlier. Bank of America's gains were similarly modest, and Citigroup's trading revenue actually fell, with a 25% dip in bond trading. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Linda. So it seems like these banks are riding a roller coaster of sorts, isn't it? Record profits on one side, significant losses on the other, with various trends and factors influencing their bottom line. It's a complex picture, but one that gives us a lot to chew on. It's a testament to the intricate world of banking and finance. These earnings reports offer a wealth of insights into the state of our economy, the banking sector, and the various factors that influence their performance. It underscores the importance of keeping a close eye on these developments and their potential impacts. Story number five. 
In a report from the New York Times, The Emigrants, a new play by Christian Lupa, finally had its world premiere in Paris after a year-long dispute with technicians. The play was initially scheduled to debut in Switzerland, but was cancelled due to differences in work philosophy and values between Lupa and the theater's crew. The dispute resulted in the prestigious Avignon Festival pulling out as well. The play was eventually staged in Paris with the help of the Odéon, Théâtre de l'Europe, using their own technical crew. No future performances of the play are currently planned. What a situation, Linda, with this Christian Lupa's play, The Emigrants. It's quite illuminating to see the usually behind-the-scenes tensions spill over into the public eye. I'm curious, in your opinion, what does this incident tell us about the dynamics between directors and technical crews in the theater industry? That's a good question, Mark. It indeed sheds light on an often overlooked aspect of the entertainment industry. The creative process is never a one-person show. It's a collaborative effort involving numerous individuals. And every one of them, from the lead actor to the light technician, plays a crucial role in bringing a creative vision to life. Yet unfortunately, power dynamics often skew the balance, and those in positions of authority, like directors, might disregard the well-being of those working behind the scenes. Yeah, it's quite disheartening to think about. I mean, the technician's letter described multiple instances of disrespect, scoldings, taunting, scenes of drunkenness and humiliations, as well as chaotic organization. Sounds like a nightmare. Any thoughts on how the industry can address these sorts of issues? Well, it's definitely a complex issue, but it starts with recognizing and respecting the rights and dignity of all those involved in the creative process. It's also about creating an environment where everyone feels comfortable expressing their concerns without fear of retaliation. This could involve implementing stricter labor laws, establishing channels for reporting abuses, and fostering a culture of empathy and respect. And, of course, it's essential to hold people accountable for their actions, regardless of their position or status. Yeah, totally. And the part where Lupa suggested that technicians should at least attempt to adapt to his creative process, it's a bit, I don't know, problematic, don't you think? Where's the line between creative flexibility and exploitation? That's a very pertinent point, Mark. Yes, a certain degree of flexibility is necessary in creative endeavors, as unforeseen circumstances can often arise. However, this should not translate into unreasonable demands or a disregard for the well-being of others. It's a delicate balance that requires thoughtful and ethical leadership. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.